Hi, I'm Mark Rennick. This is Victory Over Sin. This is Victory Over Center. My name is Mark Rennick. Good Saturday afternoon to you, Treasure Valley. I hope everything is going well in your lives this week. Hope the heat is not quite getting to you. Uh, it's nice and warm out there. This is part of the show where we talk about Victory Over Sin, and it's funded by our parent company called Systemic Change of Idaho, and I explain what that is. Systemic Change of Idaho is an advocacy organization that's funded by the Southwest Council for St. Vincent de Paul here in Boise, Idaho. Uh, What this is is an outgrowth, if you will, of a conference from St. Vincent de Paul that I've been on for about four years. We called it the Reentry Conference. And in that conference, what we do is see people who we call returning citizens coming out of incarceration. And we sit down with them and we talk with them. We help them with their rent and uh, help them with bus passes and those kinds of things. It's a real powerful kind of involvement. Uh, The numbers that we usually kind of kick around was last year over 1,000 people paroled to Region 4 here in the state of Idaho, Treasure Valley, which includes some counties, Valley County, et cetera, Boise County. And we saw well over 550 of those people. So we sat down with them, discussed what was going on, offered them some support. And that got real successful because we've been doing it for about four years now. And there was a group back east that saw what we were doing with this project. And they came to town and we kind of traveled around with them and kicked around. And they had some money. There were five projects that they called reentry projects. And they saw what we wanted to do with that. And uh, that is the money that we got for Systemic Change of Idaho. And what we're doing with that money is to attempt to uh, educate Idahoans about what it's like to be on parole or to come out of the system. And we're doing that in a very, very unique way. We've put together a real positive PowerPoint in terms of a professional PowerPoint. It's got some YouTube videos, stuff in it. And what we do is attempt to put together statistics that show what it's like to live on parole. And the people who are going to be presenting that will be people who have been in the system. So they're going through a training right now which which will be completed probably by mid-September. And then we're going to go out and we're going to talk to churches. We're going to talk to service groups. We're going to talk to HR departments, anybody who will have us. So that systemic change of Idaho, if you will, will become known as. You want to know something about the Department of Corrections? Call these guys and they'll send speakers out to you. Those speakers will be paid like a stipend to go out and kind of say and do that for us. If, you know, the Emmett Chamber of Commerce wants to know about uh, the Department of Corrections, we can send somebody out and we'll share that kind of information. And so we're excited about that. We've been going for almost nine or ten months now, and it's actually gaining momentum. We've whittled it down to a smaller group of people who are actually our speakers, and they're going through a training every Monday night for about the next six weeks. We'll be ready for uh, the introduction of this, if you will, at the uh, Offender Resource Fair which comes up in uh, September the 15th at the Vineyard. So at the Vineyard, there'll be probably over 120 different agencies, if you will, at that event. And what they'll do is feature services provided to the person who's coming out of incarceration and their families. Traditionally, it has always been for case managers and for parole agents to kind of connect and find out what services are there. But in recent years, they've expanded it. And um, they have addressed kind of the need for involved all families. So we'll be there with our 
speakers and uh, recruiting people to become involved with us on an ongoing basis because I see this as something that people will do for a while, may want to stay with us for a while, but always will be looking for new speakers. So we're excited about that. Uh, again, like I mentioned this week, we got together with uh, our core group, we've refined the PowerPoint, and we're excited about the future. So that, in a nutshell, is Systemic Change of Idaho, and they do sponsor this uh, show, Victory Over Sin. We're going to take a short break, and we're going to come back with our guest. Thank you so much. Hang with us. The United States has the highest percentage of its population in prison in the world. That's one in 200 Americans are currently serving time in a federal or local prison. As of May 2017, Idaho has 8,223 men and women incarcerated and another 17,201 on probation and parole. So upon release from prison, who works with these individuals and families to help them transition back into our community? This is done by what we call Returning Citizens Resources and coffee shop. We offer them a cup of coffee and some resources and information to help get them on solid footing with their faith, their recovery, and to begin their new life as our neighbor. It's designed for the offender's first stop from the institution. If you'd like to help us help them, please contact Mark Rennick at 629-8861. That's area code 208-629-8861. And if you're out in the desert needing any help for your transition, we pay for that call. Okay, thank you very much. I'm, I'm excited to have in the studio. I got a good, uh, an old friend. I say an old friend. Two years? Two years? Is that about two years? Yeah, two years. Shana, two years. Shauna Forsman's here. It's now Shauna Forsman. Congratulations, <laughs> right? You've been recently married. Yes, thank you so much. Okay, and she is from a group, a representative group called Ignite 208. So you want to tell me what Ignite 208 is? Ignite 208 is social active recovery. Um, we are a group um, of people who have a variety of actives, activities. Um, we give individuals and their extended family opportunity to take um, part in activities ranging from hiking, biking, group fitness, bowling, dances, BSU tailgating, yoga, meditation, and group crafts. Yeah. And that's just a small list of things that we have done over the last few years. Uh, yeah, I like the um, – a lot of people who know – people who listen to the show on an ongoing basis know that um, I've been incarcerated and uh, – and I'm a long-term person in sobriety. And so you're always looking for places to connect up and to do that. And I think what you've d- done, if you will, has found a niche to provide one of those alternatives. And there aren't many of those, are there? No, there's there's more. Um, the Treasure Valley really has an awesome recovery uh, support group as far as um, activities um, that are emerging. But social act- uh, social recovery has been kind of ignored and not really in the spotlight. And I think now we're realizing that that isn't optional. We have to have something for people to do when they're not in a meeting or they're not in an right. alumni or they're not, um, you know, in a, in a circle of chairs somewhere in a room. Yeah, exactly. I think the thing that, because, I mean, we all, all, many of us will take different approaches to our sobriety and uh, I do a couple groups myself. And But you're right. I think the the statistics coming out since that the, 
person who will be in long-term recovery has a community, if you will, that supports that person in their sobriety, in their ongoing sobriety, and that, that we do need that. So it's good that you're filling that void and you've been doing it for a while, and I think uh, those of us who uh, have watched your growth, you know, congratulate you. So that's kind of cool to have you here. Good. Thank you so much. We're, we're really glad to, uh, to be here. Yeah, it's cool. So you are, are you a native Idahoan? Yes, I was born in Twin Falls, Idaho uh, to Delbert and Norma Jean McGuire. Um, there you go, man. I was raised on a trout farm. Um, so I was raised on a farm, just a different kind. Um, there are trout farms in, in Twin Falls? Is yeah, there, really? actually, yes. Um, my dad and my grandfather helped start Idaho Trout Processors, oh, cool. which is now in Hagerman. Um, so, yeah, there's there's some history there. I'm a I'm a Idaho potato, if you will. That's good. There aren't many of those. Oh, I guess there are. They're all over, I guess. And you're also a newlywed. I am. Um, I just recently married um, Mike Forsman. And um, we actually met on the Greenbelt on a bike ride um, when this program was in its uh, early stages. And um, I was a participant at that time in drug court. Mm-hmm. Um, I am also in the in the system and had a felony DUI and was fortunate enough to get drug court. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had no... Um, I don't know. I had no interest in men at that moment. I was pretty much focused on my program, and I did not notice him, but apparently he noticed me. Well, so that's good. That's good. <laughs> when we had our engagement photos, we went back to that original place and took pictures where we actually met. So. I love stories like that. That's absolutely <laughs> fantastic. I think you addressed something, too, that, uh, again, people who are listening to my voice uh, have a tendency to, to – um, be supportive of issues and prison issues, but it, you you were you were on paper, and Mike was also on paper too, isn't he? He still he is, is still currently on paper. Yes, okay. he. Um, so that's an interesting kind of aspect to um, uh, involvement, if you will. Uh, I know that there are people listening to us in the desert. There's myself who hope that at some point in time, you know, you're always looking for some kind of connection, and you you guys are both kind of quote unquote in the system, and you've made that work. Has that been difficult, or? I think that. In some ways, we're, we're both very um, involved in 12-step groups, and I think that helps us have a, a common ground and a really great place to set boundaries in our relationship. Um, if either one of us seems to have an issue or we're struggling with something, we'll point the other one in the direction that maybe you need to go, you know, have mm-hmm. a chat with your sponsor or, um, you know, take a walk or whatever that might be. Um, but as far as, as our experiences and our journeys, mine was – in county and and uh, Ada County Drug Court, and I am a graduate. Um, but his was, you know, out in the desert, and um, he even went to Oklahoma for a time. And um, he was housed in a you know pretty high security kind of situation. And so there are tendencies that he has that I don't get. I don't understand. I'm tr- I'm starting to get it as we work with more people, and I talk to to guys that are just getting out, and mm-hmm. they talk about social anxiety and not being able to be in a room of people or to socialize because it freaks them out. Um, I can go and take this back to him and say, hey, this gentleman needs to have a chat with you because they're struggling here. And he will, you know, he can sit down with them or he can take them for a hike and say, you know, I remember that. I remember getting out and my sister taking me to Costco and I was absolutely terrified. Um, And he said he had to go find an aisle where there were no people so he could just breathe and get through it. And she didn't understand until... 
you know, a few minutes later, she's like, oh, boy, I, I really kind of overstepped here. I shouldn't have brought him into this environment. Yeah, I think people don't. For, people <laughs> don't. And again, you're listening to my voice for the first time, then you're, you, you should continue to do some research in some of the old, story, or some of the old uh, episodes of, uh, of the show on archives. But exactly, I would contend that, that if you went to prison, you were, you were traumatized. You were part of trauma. And so there's an adjustment from any trauma coming back. Uh, we see it all the time because uh, one of the groups I'm associated with uh, – picks people up at the prison and brings them the first day to an event, to a place. And we see it every day. So that's, it is uh, certainly not as aware, the general public is not as aware. And that's one of the things we're going to attempt to do with Systemic Change of Idaho is to show people what it's like. Because 97% of the people who live in the desert are going to get out. And they're going to be here. They're going to be your neighbors. So let's kind of work and support them, support programs like yours, so and encourage people to get involved in this kind of pro-social, if you will, setting so that they're ready to adjust and be our neighbors. Because folks, they're all getting out. And they're all going to be your neighbors. And they're, you know what? They're good people. And uh, they've gone through some kind of situations that we need to be just a little bit tolerant of once they've paid their time, once they've done their time and paid their price back to debt and back to society, quote-unquote, if you will, and let's encourage them to be good citizens. So that's the, the concept behind it all. Yeah, thank you so much. That's cool. But did you run across problems? I mean, like, uh, I'm thinking Mike saying, well, I sure want to live with you the rest of my life. Let me go. Let's go talk to my PO. And th- was that kind of an issue or something? You know, was it? interestingly enough, <laughs> with our involvement with Ignite 208 and being very public, um, we've really pretty much blown this thing up on social media. And, um, and in the rooms um, of 12-step programs and through Ada County Drug Court. And, and because it is um, mentioned from the fourth judicial bench, from um, drug court judges, and it's out there, um, his parole officer was very aware of it mm-hmm. and um, actually came to the house and saw from last year's Idaho Faces of Recovery event, saw all of our swag that we were going to sell in our booth. And, and she's like, wow, look at all of this. And we gave her some wristbands and some stuff. And, and, uh, at that point they put him on lesser supervision. Mm -hmm. Um, just the involvement of, of helping others and really making it public has been, um, positive for us. And of course you have to go through, um, the proper channels and you have to ask permissions and you have to do it right. Mm -hmm. And, um, Drug court was difficult when I was in because I realized I had feelings for this guy and I wanted to do it right. I didn't want to, I didn't want to go to jail. I didn't want to go backwards. I wanted to go forwards. Um, I had never been popped before. I, um, I just didn't have any, um, background as far as what to do. All I knew was I needed to jump through the hoops and that if I didn't do what I was supposed to, I had a gavel hanging over my head. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, his story, if you heard his side of it, he would say, oh, well, you, you know, you told me you didn't want to see me at least four times when we were, you know, dating. Yeah. Well, I did that because every time I, we would get close, I'd be like, nope, nope, nope. I have to follow the rules. Yeah. And so. But again, I think that the, the, the thing that is so incredibly great about that is that you followed the process, you worked through it. It, just, it was a sense of community. And we haven't gotten to the point that um, uh, we're on a Christian radio station. So you go to. I know you go to Vertical, you know, Matt Williams, who's been on the show and who I love and I think you care for too. So you went through the whole process, which was so nice to be uh, blessed in that way by being married and going forward. So address that a little bit too, if you can. Um, so Mike was, has a, a Roman Catholic background and um, and I have a, an LDS and Seventh-day Adventist uh, background. And then uh, I, I kind of tried a lot of different 
places trying to trying to find a place I fit in. And I think, you know, I found Jesus in Adventism, honestly. Um, but then I went back to my old ways and, um, and, and completely really lost my relationship with God. Um, but meeting, meeting Mike and doing, doing my step work, um, that, that, that raised some issues for me. And I, I realized that after a time I needed more than what a 12-step program had, and I needed to find a place for my spirituality to be part of a community. And um, and uh, Mike's sister also, she's she's been a really great support to him and to me. And and she told us, you know, she's admonished us to please find a place for your spirituality, wherever that might be, find one. Yeah. So someone invited me to go to Vertical. Yeah. And um, so here we go, people, the power of invitation to go to church. <laughs> um, I went and... I was surprisingly um, overwhelmed with joy. I, I found Matt to be very relatable, and his message was simple. The church is a high percentage of people um, who've been in the system or still are on the system. Um, most people, I would say probably 75% of that church is in recovery, and that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's a, and it's a, by the way, it's, we're talking about Vertical Church. It's on 36th Street. Uh, again, you can go back and look at the archives. You can hear the interview with Matt Williams, who's been here. Uh, he's in recovery himself. And uh, they, the thing I like about it is he does like a, I always go to the Saturday night, 530 service. And, and it's more laid back there. There's 20 or 25 people there. And I mean, sat, last Saturday, he did a, he did his message barefoot. So, uh, you know, it's a more laid back kind of approach than it is on Sunday morning. But you will catch his message, and his message is something that is powerful, and it's uh, being received, and, and they're growing. That's kind of, it's nice to have that family. I work with a lot of people and encourage people to take a step towards that direction and to, to, to come to that place, too, because there is so much support there. So if you're out there and you're listening, that might be a place just to check out, too, if you're feeling drawn to what Shauna's saying or what I'm saying. That's a good, it's a good spot to start. Right? Well, and I just want to add that on Sundays, he, he wears shoes, he wears but shoes. they're also very fun shoes so we always look at his shoes like that is that's a highlight it's like what is what is he gonna wear this week and um he has this bacon theme going on right now so he's got a bacon theme ever since i've known him well but now he's got baconopoly he's got a bacon tie he's got bacon socks i mean it's it's getting crazy you were also, I found out before we went on the air, uh, related to famous people from Meridian. Right? Yeah. You want to talk a little bit about that? Um, I have an uncle by the name of Vernon Law. Um, he coined the phrase, winners never quit and quitters never win. He's from Meridian, Idaho, and he was a Cy Young Award winner in 1960 and was part of the World Series Championship uh, against the New York Yankees. Um, Skip Hall's going to come in here and take you away from me, and you're going to be on this show now. <laughs> um, to me, as a kid growing up, he was just my uncle. I didn't understand the significance of what he actually did. And if you go back and look at his stats, it's kind of jaw-dropping. Um, to me, he was the uncle that was really, really tall and had lots of kids and lived in Utah and um, and made the best pancakes in a quart jar I'd ever had. So <laughs> he would walk around and make breakfast. And to this day, when <clears throat> Mike and I went up to – I wanted them to meet him. It was important to me. Um, they're very important people in my life. And – um, they it was fast Sunday for them, but he still got up and in his white shirt and tie made us made us <laughs> waffles and bacon and eggs. It was like it was great. Um, so yeah, I I feel like knowing that he was on the cover of Sports Illustrated as a kid gave me this 
this attitude that I could I could do anything I wanted. And you and took the sta- the slogan, if you will, as kind of a credo, or yeah, it, yeah, yeah. And I I think about it I think about it often, and to this day, I mean, it wasn't all about the the World Series ring and and all of the cool stuff in his basement. As a matter of fact, we found out an interesting little tidbit. He did not have even his Cy Young uh, on the wall. None of that. None of his baseballs that are signed. None of you know mm-hmm. the football from. From um, whatever his name is, Steve from BYU, mm-hmm. Steve Young, is yeah. that his name? Okay. I don't know. Um, anyway, so there's all these uh, things that he has, and his son. Um, oh, Steve Vance, Young was the f- Steve Young football player. Yes. From, okay, gotcha. Yes. Steve uh, Steve Young from yeah, and then his son um, Vance Law told him he said, "Hey, Dad, why don't you uh, go ahead and get all that stuff out from under your bed and let's put it on the wall, so you can enjoy it." Mm-hmm. And um, and that's all well and good, but. The thing that matters to Vernon Law is his family, mm-hmm. and that is the one thing that I have been able to um, really enjoy and love in my recovery is is getting back those relationships and making those amends and and knowing that you know my my uncle Vernon's now eighty seven and he, he and his wife Vanita, my dad's sister, came to our wedding June third. They drove all the way from Utah, That's fantastic. and they didn't stay long. That's kind of his mo. He comes, says this thing, waves guy, and he's out of the crowd. But um, I was very privileged that they would make that trip at, at, at that age. It's, and I was one of those ones who didn't make the trip because the road was so difficult. And we've, <laughs> I've gone through this and explained that. But for them to find that place was pretty good because the freeway was all messed up. I was on. It was a hot afternoon, and it was, very it was warm. difficult to. With the freeway shut down to catch you by the time. So, but yeah, that's that is pretty good story. I like that. That would have been my credo too. I would have come in and just said hi, and everybody would have said Mark was here, and then he's gone. So that's that. That's my mo too. I like that. Well, I think he got away without having to sign any baseballs. <clears throat> Excuse me, which was uh, is kind of unusual. <laughs> that's good. Okay, so talk about. Uh, we only have a few minutes left, but talk about somebody in terms of your system that's uh, a success. Is there a story or something that you can link to in terms of the people you work with and how that works? I can think of a couple who are around you, but um, think of somebody that that you can uh, identify without giving their name in terms of hey, this happened, this happened, this happened, and boy, this is cool. Um, well, there's one gentleman that we met at a, a meeting that I used to chair. Um, and we kept announcing that we had bowling every other Sunday at Boise State, and we had these other things going on. And and finally, after about three months, he approached Mike and I and said, hey, you know, trembling, I might add, I think I should come to this thing because I need to have social activity in my life, but I have so much anxiety. Are you going to be there? Well, of course we're going to be there. We're the ones throwing the throwing the shindig. Um and he, he showed up, but he did not bowl. Now, that's not unusual. People will come sometimes and stay on the outskirts. And we do have people appointed to go and welcome people and say, hey, you know, come on. Let's, you know, if you don't have money, we'll take care of it. It's $2 a game. No big mm-hmm. deal. Um, he didn't want to bowl, but he asked us at the end of the event. He said, hey, you know, I see you take a lot of pictures. Would you mind if I came next time and, and brought my camera? Oh. So the next couple weeks later, he shows up. He brings his GoPros and his camera and the next day, I had 600 pictures in in my Dropbox. That's cool. And they weren't just, you know, they That's were cool. awesome photos. And so he um, ended up working with us and taking photos at all of our events and built a website and just on and on and on. I could go on and on. And now he has graduated to doing something he's passionate about, which is recording podcasts and, and, um, and doing blogs and 
you know, communicating with people via social media so that he can affect people that maybe want to stay behind the scenes, which is his MO is always to stay behind the lens. He doesn't want to be in front of it. But um, what a great, great guy. Yeah. So I, I love stories like that. And I think that's the thing that you do. For those of you who are out there and having difficulty kind of coming forward, you certainly do not need to isolate. You need to get out of where you're doing. Find some kind of avenue for you to, to go forward. Also, we're gonna, we need to get to your Faces of Recovery thing is coming up on September the 16th. You want to talk about that for a couple of seconds? Yeah, I do want to mention that we also do, um, we do a lot of service work in the community that's outside of any 12-step program. We work with the YMCA. We work with um, Idaho Housing um, doing Paint the Town, Rake Up Boise, all those kinds of things. So there's other things besides the activities. We have a place for you to give back to your community, and totally. there's magic in that. I so totally agree. Um, that's Reaching another far. another calendar that we have. Um, September 16th at Esther Simplot Park, we will be having Idaho Faces of Recovery. Um, we'll be having a concert. We have some awesome Christian acts. Andy Bird is going to be there from uh, Treasure Valley um, Calvary Chapel. Um, and... Oh my goodness! There's so many people. So, uh, but to they mention. go to your they go to your website and kind of yeah yeah absolutely. Okay. And our website is our website is kind of being overhauled right now. But check out our Facebook page. Check out the invite there. That's where you're going to find the most accurate information. And towards the end of the show too, I'm going to talk about how to get in touch with us at Systemic Change of Idaho. If you get in touch with me, I can direct you that way too. Um, and the, okay, so with over the future, let's do a couple minutes of where you're going in the next couple of years. How, what's going to happen a year from now? Where's uh, Ignite Two? Are you going to be? Um, Ignite 208 is really looking to, <clears throat> excuse me, raise funds so that we can have a home. Um, we are we are a fledgling nonprofit, um, but we believe in what we're doing, and we know that it affects people's lives because we plug them in and get them engaged immediately with something that they're passionate about, and that's really where it's at. It's it's um, Mike and I look, and sometimes we say you know, which way do we turn? And we wait for the Lord to give us an answer. And sometimes that that question has been, should we continue? And the doors continue to open. So um, as people hear about this message and they want to become engaged in something positive and uh, people that have like-minded goals, Ignite 208 is the place to be. We'll okay. find a place to um, to engage you in something that you love and enjoy. And if we don't, if we aren't doing it, bring it up, and we'll mm-hmm. find a way to make it happen. Because we don't, we're not stagnant, and we don't do the same things over and over. We'll do whatever you're interested in. You let us know, and we'll make it happen. Shauna, thank you so much for coming in today. It was a pleasure, and I wish you all the success in the world. I know that uh, it's a pleasure working with you and. We, the cool thing about the Treasure Valley is it's a small community, and we kind of get to where we know each other as we kind of go forward, and you're one of those quality people. So thank you for coming in and sharing with me today. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Hey, no problem. Okay, again, I want to thank Shauna for coming in. Uh, if you need information uh, about her program, you can reach me at the, the following addresses. And if you can't find her, I'll direct you. But if you want information about us, it's www.systemicchangeofid.com. We can also reach us on Gmail at systemicchangeofidaho at gmail.com. Facebook, Systemic Change of Idaho, ID, I mean, I'm sorry. Instagram, Systemic Change of ID. Or you can give us a call at 208 4771006. If you need a prospectus on being one of those speakers, reach out to me and I'll send you a prospectus and we can go from there. We can talk to you and I can have coffee. Uh, thank you so much for turning in today. We look forward to talking to you next Saturday afternoon on Victory Over Sin. Victory over sin.